Hi, I'm Abigail, and you're listening to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, a podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy! Welcome to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, the podcast. I'm Jenny Detweiler. Today's episode is all about soul care. And if you're new to the PRN podcast, I want to tell you that my working definition of soul care really encompasses all of the self, the relationships that we have, our bodies, our minds, and our spirit. Soul care is a lot like self-care, but I like the term more because I think it's a lot more all-encompassing. And in today's podcast, I'm so excited and thankful to share with you a conversation between myself and two other therapists, Denny Hutala and Kate Wimberly, all about soul care, both for ourselves personally, as well as in our counseling practice. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm really proud and thankful that I can call them my colleagues. We work together at Cornerstone Counseling Center, and I really appreciated the time that we spent together, and I think that you will really enjoy this as well. So with that, let's jump into the conversation. Well, welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to have you here. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Well, I am Denny Hutula, and I am an LPCA. I love working at Quarterstone. <laughs> um, and I am Kate Wimberly, um, and also work at Cornerstone, and I'm loving it. Um, and uh, I'm an LPC here. All right. So I'm excited to have both of you here because we're going to be talking about soul care. And um, of all people, I feel like us as a room full of therapists should speak about this really well, but the honest truth is that it's hard to do, like for everybody, whether you're a therapist, whether you're a mom, whether you're a grandma, whether you're a teenager, self-care is hard. So let's um, start by talking about what led you to counseling. Which one of you wants to start? Uh, I can. Okay. Um, so when I was in college, I actually started out as an elementary ed major and that was just totally a God thing that I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so I had no idea what I wanted to do. But in my senior year of college, um, I wound up getting my bachelor's in biblical studies um, because I didn't grow up in church or anything. And that was just something that I really thought that would take me the farthest in life. Um, so uh, I did like a women's studies class and we learned all about um a biblical look at like the feminist movement and true like equality and and all these different things and um, I felt a stirring in my heart to work with younger women, um, older women, you know what have you, and I also work with kids now too as um, as well. But um, to help set them free from certain things that weigh on us, um, whether it's like fertility issues or anxiety or depression, just stress, you know, I think. Um, as women, you know, and obviously I'm not a man, so I can't speak from a man's perspective, but we do, we carry around all this mental baggage of, okay, I've got this to-do list and I've got, you know, to raise my kids and I'm, I'm working and, you know, I'm doing all of this stuff and, you know, how do I, um, how do I balance all of that really? So that's kind of what led me to counseling was to help set women free from that, I guess. Awesome. All right, so what led me to counseling? Yeah. Um, when you asked me that question the other day in preparation, 
it was I like I had my, almost my whole life story kind of jotted down because I think from very early on I wanted to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm getting started later, I'm in my 40s. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't grow up in the best of environments. Very dysfunctional home. My mom was 15 when she had me. Oh wow. A lot of abuse and things like that happened along the way. And by the time I was in high school um, and started to get my own healing, I was like, I want to be, I want to help people. Um, and so I thought I wanted to be a child psychologist. I wanted to start when they were young and, you know, keep people free of ever having to go um, suffering that long. Um, but when I graduated high school, I also knew I was not mature enough to actually do it without bringing it home. Mm-hmm. Um, so being, I'm kind of an empathic person and I kind of take on what I, what my clients are feeling. <laughs> so at 18, I knew I'm going to bring it home and I'm going to be a wreck with having, you know, dealing with the kids that are hurting all the time. So I chose to be a mom first instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I got married. I had my kids. I studied, um, psychology, high school and early college years, um, learning all about Erickson and trust and attachment um, helped me become a better mom. So that was my focus for many years. And then when my kids were in high school, I went back to school. So now here I am uh, finally in the work field um, in my 40s, going full time and and getting to do what I'm called to do in the second half of my life. Yeah, that's really neat. So you had a like a vision for this all along. Yeah. Yeah. It changed a little though, now that you think about it, because I said child, I wanted to work with children at first, but now I'm actually drawn towards women that were affected by abuse as children. And so I tend to get a lot of complex trauma and even dissociative clients and things like that because there are still children inside that are hurting. And I feel like the Lord's really called me to actually minister to those inner children more than literal children. So it took maturity to get to that point. Exactly. Um, okay, so I'd love to know, what does self-care look like for both of you? Okay, I'm going to let you go first. You're going to let me go first? Yeah. <laughs> um, we were actually talking about this a little bit. Um, and I, I think, you know, mostly I define self-care when I'm trying to teach my clients and looking in a mirror and <laughs> trying to apply it to my own life as um, a mom of a toddler, um, is that in, it's any healthy behavior that sets my soul on fire, like makes me feel alive. And I know that my soul is nourished through it. And so for me, um, I am not an artist really, but I love, I love art. Um, I'm not that great at it, but that doesn't matter. And so it's kind of my act of worship um, to, to paint and draw and uh, do different things. Like I used to dance and um, just different things that I feel like help keep me connected with God, you know, whether that's a walk on our property, like through the trees or um, spending time with my kid and just getting in the floor and playing whatever harebrained thing he's come up with and just him being the boss of me for 30 minutes (laughs) here, mom, do this or whatever, just being in that moment and, um, and, you know, nourishing my soul, you know, doing what matters. So, yeah. Okay. So I heard nature. Yeah. Like expressive arts are big. And being present. Yeah. Oh, and reading. Like, I feel like I go on a vacation every time I read. So, (laughs) like, Denny, you were talking about the empath thing. Step into, like, a character Mm -hmm. and and experiencing things with them. And it's a super magical thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay. What about you, Denny? Well, as I was thinking about this, self-care for me um, meant I had to know myself first. 
because um, I've heard other people, you know, talk about what they do for self-care, like getting their nails done or yeah. you know, getting a massage and all these things. I'm like, yeah, that's nice, but is that me? Um, and realize it wasn't me. Um, I'm an introvert and I know that I have to have alone time in order to recharge my batteries. So for me, self-care looks like going out into nature. Um, mm-hmm. Just like she said, I love hiking. Um, I have a hammock in my yard, even if it's just for 10 minutes after dinner, I'll just go and swing. And there's just something about that that's just total self-care. And it's yeah. um, relaxing to me and helps me just kind of unwind from the day. Um, you know, spending time with the Lord and, and um, just having that quiet time, even if I'm just listening to music with my eyes closed. Um, so my self-care usually is a relaxing stuff and quieting um, because otherwise I will just run out of gas. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard you mention many times about hiking. Yes. And that you have to get out every so often. Yeah. Yeah. I like to get out. In the summertime, it's been hot, so I feel like I've been missing it, but I'm ready for fall. So I like to get out, you know, at least twice a month. And then maybe once a quarter, I'll do a, a backpacking trip for one or two nights. And so I have one plan for October with my daughter, who's 22. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Okay, here's my question. How can you tell when you haven't been doing good self-care? Like, what are the what is the barometer of that for you? I'll start off with real, with real honesty. When I'm getting snippy with my husband. <laughs> I hear my Amen to that to me and my kids, actually. Yes. No, no, I hear it in my tone of voice. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, okay. I need to, to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's not my normal to be snippy. Yeah. So when I'm not acting like myself, I know it's I've gone too long without self care. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's it's definitely the patience thing, <laughs> like you're saying, the snippiness, and um, and I get overwhelmed with things that absolutely don't matter, like dishes in the sink. I'm like, why aren't these done? And like, you know, the laundry that's piling up, and and all of these things that are like, oh my gosh, I just can't catch up. And so I think um, as my energy depletes my anxiety rises yeah yeah so I think that for me as soon as I can feel that kind of amped up like I'm um kind of spinning my wheels feeling that's Mm -hmm. when yeah I know it's hitting yeah (laughs) okay I did not prep you with this question but I wonder if you would like to share about your Enneagram numbers and how that relates to what you just said because I think it does relate to what you just said (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, well, I guess I can share mine. Um, I'm actually a one wing two, so I'm a ticking time bomb waiting to explode is how I explain it. Um, I'm the moral perfectionist with the helper. And so it's um, usually that's the way that I fizzle out pretty quickly. But, um, but you know, any time that I can go back and remember, okay, I don't have to be perfect in this. It's yeah. okay that there are clothes in the dryer. Um, that is not a reflection of who I am as a human being, you know, um, God doesn't love me any less because there are dishes in the sink for one night. Um, you know, that sort of thing, uh, that is definitely a good reminder for sure. That's good. Uh, well, I'm a nine wing one, um, and I don't know as much in depth about all the different levels of the Enneagram and everything, but I think if I remember correctly, that nines really like that quiet Mm -hmm. that they need to to quiet and, and um, relax and, and really value rest. I know when uh-huh. I was first looking into it, um, the person who was teaching us mentioned like different music that fits to each mm-hmm. number. 
And um, I, I Googled it, of course, and found like sitting on the dock of the bay. It's like an Enneagram <laughs> nine. I'm like, that is my song. I will yeah. just sit in my hammock and sing that song. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's <laughs> totally me. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Kate, how do you think the way you practice self-care has changed since becoming a mom? Because you have a little guy at home. Yes, he is turning four this year. And he um, actually would just work three days. And so I'm with him the rest of the time. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Um, But there are definitely days where I think he sucked all the energy out of me when I gave Uh birth to him. (laughs) I think that's what happened. Um, And our biggest issue with him has been sleep. He just has always fought sleep since the day he's been in this world. And um, and that is so funny to me because that's something that I've always, like my parents would tell you, is sleep is your big thing, you know? And that so if need. I, yes, yeah. that I need. And like when I go to a sleepover, they would know, okay, snippiness is on the rise if we don't ever take a nap the next day or, or something. And so parenting has been very challenging in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, it challenges your flesh uh-huh. in ways that you would never realize. And and so I think there's a difference between um, being exhausted as a parent and, um, and maybe this is getting off track, but I feel like it comes back full circle. Um, but Isaiah, uh, which is his name, you know, challenging the fleshly part of me of, oh, I just want to sit and binge Netflix. Yes. You know, and he's like, come on, mommy, like do this. And I'm like, oh, I have nothing left to give you, right? But making that switch of, you know, like I said earlier, those moments of, you know, what are the the moments that's going to fulfill me? You know, is it snuggling and reading with my kid or is it watching another episode? Mm -hmm. You know, and knowing how I feel after each one, it's that quality time, you know. And, And so as a parent, you know, I don't have time to watch as much TV um, or do those things that, you know, we find ourselves kind of on autopilot doing. And in a way, I think that's a super positive lesson. I mean, because now that I don't have as much time, those little times have to be quality. Right. So I'm not spending as much time doing things that don't fulfill. Yeah. So before we move on to you, Denny, I'm going to say, because I have four boys, uh, like, whoa, um, <laughs> I have learned that for me, setting aside alone time is incredibly important. And that has looked different at different seasons of parenting. Um, but because truly it is like sometimes a physical marathon to make it through the day, a mental marathon, an emotional marathon. And as a therapist, sometimes I'm already drained before I get home to be with those boys on those days that I work. Um Nap time has been really important for them, yes. not because I take a nap, but because I need them to have quiet time for an hour so that I can have quiet time for an hour and recharge. Yes. And so, and then I can cuddle better again. <laughs> yes. Well, and I know that's something you and I have discussed is, you know, before this is, you know, having that quiet time in the house because Isaiah has stopped taking a nap. Yeah. And I was really struggling with that, you know, because I'm an introvert as well and I need time in it where right. someone's not yelling or screaming or or playing very loudly and well so, I'm an extrovert and I need that too right right yeah <laughs> we just all hit our limits and so having that time to sit and read and you know watch my kid play you know being that more soul care thing you know it's just it, yeah it's yeah. been awesome awesome okay since you're in a different season of life yes. <laughs> I'm wondering um how that's changed for you as now you're an empty nester 
Well, first of all, it happened quicker than I ever thought it would happen. So <laughs> hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> but to be completely honest, it got much easier. Okay. It really did. Um, you know, because it's just my husband and I. Um, and he knows me and I know him. So we respect each other's need for that quiet. And it, it's much easier to get. Um, I didn't take weekend trips when I was at home with my kids. But now I do. Um, yeah. He gets to watch the dog babies. <laughs> but, you know, so it's definitely gotten a lot easier and become more of a priority, you know, since I don't have kids at home anymore. Yeah. Um, but you are working full time. Right? I am working full time now. Yeah. So okay. So you still need it. For I still sure. Need it. Um, what are some practices of self-care, soul care, that you incorporate in your counseling sessions? Either, I'm making this twofold, either for yourself as you're listening to hard stories or for your clients that you know help them. So, since that's twofold, um, so what I, I see a lot of young moms, um, and so I think that's why I talk a lot about um because sometimes there's not that time in the day because by the time you get to bedtime and get your kids in bed, you're exhausted and Mm -hmm. you know, that self-care might be just going to bed, you know, and then in the next morning you're thinking, man, I wish I would have just done this, you know, since I actually had time. And um, so for me, it's been a lot. I teach a lot of incorporating and teaching your kids about your Mm self-care, teaching them about your boundaries. And I think that's, you know, like with me and my son, you know, hey, mommy's going to sit here and read. You're welcome to join me and read, you know, as well and have that quiet time or um, we need to calm down for just a minute. And so that's what I find, you know, teaching a lot of, um, you know, my parents that are my clients that are parents is, you know, how can you still have that while your kid is around and, you know, um, spending time with them and also teaching them how important this is for you and your relationship and for them personally, you know, building the, you know, building blocks of that. So, um, and for me, you know, I have this practice, um, I guess it's technically probably mindfulness, but, um, is what it's called, but it's been super helpful to me. Um, I have a 30 minute commute on my drive home. And so instead of just kind of blindly listening to the radio or talking on the phone, sometimes I do, but a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm going home, I start out at the very beginning of my day. And I think, about all the things that happened, you know, kind of in order and um, just kind of reprocess it. And so if you find yourself super stressed and you're laying in bed thinking, oh my gosh, you know, all this happened and, you know, I can't go to sleep, you know, try starting at the beginning of your day. That's what's helped me um, on my car ride home, you know, thinking about client stories and what they've been through is just kind of reprocessing it and kind of empathizing with them in a way and, um, and just reprocessing it for myself. So that's good. That's when I pray for clients too. Yeah. You know, going through yeah. that on the way home, I have a 30-minute commute too, so yeah. <laughs> do some of that. But I think, for me, body awareness mm-hmm. um, has to be the best self-care I do in session, and it's what I'm teaching my client. When I was doing some trauma training, one of the instructors talked about how we need to have a relaxed muscle body in order to recover from trauma, um, that we hold it in our body, so in order to process it and get through it, we need to relax it. So he, I think he challenged us to, you know, go home and pay attention to our body. So I do this constantly now and I'll notice my shoulders are tight or my stomach is tight or my back is tight. And I just take a breath and I let it go. And so whether I'm doing that a hundred times a day 
or 20 times a day, um, it is self-care for me. Yes. Um, and I have to do it throughout a session. Um, so I'm, I'm staying in tune with my clients, and I'll notice my shoulders start to creep. And, I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'll do it out loud, and I'll tell them, oh, I noticed my shoulders are creeping up. Are yours too? And they'll do it too. And I'll, So I'll be directing them to notice where they're holding tension in their body as they're telling me their story or talking about their emotional week or whatever. So, so along with that, mm-hmm. I just want to say that Often when I'm in sessions and I'm teaching deep breathing, mm-hmm. I've rarely ever had a time that I teach deep breathing that I don't notice my own chest kind of release at the same time. Yeah. And I didn't even realize I was holding tension yeah. until I did that. Yeah. It's good to be aware yeah. of that. Yeah. So that's, for me, is the best portion of it. Um, and let's see here. There was another thing I was going to mention. Along that lines, and now I've forgotten it. So move on, and I'll bring it back later. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you about your rings. Do you want to talk about that? Oh. <laughs> yes, I have. I found this on Etsy, and you can't see it on a podcast, but it's basically just like a thumb ring, and it's got these little bands that you can spin when you're nervous. Um, and it says, breathe in, breathe out, and it spins around so you can kind of see it. Um, so I've always been a finger picker. Like since childhood, I've just always used to be a nail biter, and so now it's just like I would pick when I was now just trying to talking pay about it. I'm like, that's what, exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my little ring here helps keep my fingers busy, and, and it can be just a little calming, you know, self soothing activity yeah. that I do when I'm not really paying attention to it. That's very cool. So, do either of you have any resources that you recommend to people about this particular subject? I have an app um, that I recommend a lot to clients for helping with mindfulness that you were talking about. Um, there's two of them. One is called Stop, Think, and Breathe, and the other one is called Insight Timer. Okay. Stop, Think, and Breathe is very basics. It's got just a couple um, of really kind of teaching you about mindfulness. It'll help you just become aware of your senses and relaxing the body and deep breathing. Um, and it's completely free, um, which I love. There, You can buy extra ones, but you don't need to. Um, the Insight Timer has literally 10,000 different mindfulness and meditations. So it's a mixed bag with different religions and everything, too. So I have to be cautious with totally recommending that to everyone. But yeah. if I know someone has enough um, of their own confidence in their spirituality, then I know they can pick and choose. And there's Christian ones on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to remember all that and put it in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to look that up, you can check out the show notes to find that information. This show is all about soul care scripture and stories of faith. So this has been a soul care episode, but we're going to put in some scripture. So what are your favorite scriptures? Um, Well, mine is definitely um, Joshua 10. It's where uh, Joshua is trying to... Uh, defeat um, an enemy. Um, I believe it's the Amalekites or the Amorites. Sometimes I get those names mixed up, but I, yeah, it's one of those. Um, and he, he's like, God, you know, I need you to make the sun stand still in the sky um, so that we can defeat them in your name. And, um, you know, because he knew like if the sun set, then they would gain the advantage. And, um, and God heard Joshua and made the sun stand still for another 24 hours. And I just find that incredible that not only that God would listen to to us, but that Joshua had the audacity and the boldness to ask for something so big. Yeah. God. So, um, so that would have to be my absolute favorite. I love that. <laughs> Side note, this is challenging, but has there been a time in your life that you've had to rely on that kind of promise? 
<laughs> um, constantly. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, this year, uh, I always try to pick like a, um, like something to work on every January, um, every year. So like my goal was to read 50 books this year. So basically Ooh. a book a week. Um, and I'm right on track. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but I would have like two weeks to kind of play around with that way. If one was kind of a chunkier book that, um, you know, I'd have a little bit more time to finish it and all that, but we also have like a spiritual focus. And for me, um, I really wanted to be challenged. Something I struggle with more than anything, which Jenny did not know this, but is fear. Um, and so even doing this podcast, you know, and having which my voice rocking. out there, <laughs> um, you know, is something scary for me because I am a little more on the introverted side. And so that, you know, I have a little bit of social anxiety with that and putting myself out there and um, vulnerability and all of that. And so at the beginning of this year, um, I asked God, I said, please, please, please challenge my fears, you know, help me remember that passage and you know, guide me. Yes. Right. <laughs> guide me to do things that absolutely terrify me. And, um, and he has, and it's been such a wonderful growing experience. So I think for this year, the, um, the boldness and the audacity, um, to ask God of big things has come from, um, not necessarily conquering things in my life, although fear is definitely one of those things, but has been to um, for him to challenge my view of myself and his ability to work through me. Mm -hmm. So that's been that's been a huge thing for me. That was deep. <laughs> okay, what about you? All right. Well, I actually have two favorite verses, but uh, for sake of time, I'll just do with one. Um, and it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Um, but it, I like the message version in particular, so I'm going to just read that, and you'll see how it fits me. Okay. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so that's my favorite verse. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, one of the things I love to do on each podcast, just because I think it's really fun, and it gives a good insight into the people that I'm interviewing, is ask, who is somebody who inspires you? And that could be like a mentor, somebody you look up to, somebody who's spoken into your life. A famous person that you just really like. I don't. I don't know. What do you? Who are your people? Uh, well, when I was a kid, it was Jane Goodall. <laughs> she was just always so adventurous. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, that was. And now you raise chickens. Yeah, so. now I raise chickens. So that's kind of close, I guess. Well, and I have a toddler, so yeah. <laughs> that's the closest Monkeys. thing to the monkey. Yeah. Um, but I've been very fortunate to have. Um, various mentors in my life that have really discipled me and just loved on me through really, really hard times and times where I was growing the most and it was the most painful. Their support and their guidance um, has been so crucial. And I'm trying to think if of anyone else. Did anyone want you to go ahead and I'll keep thinking. Um, well, this sounds cliche and I like every time I get asked this question, I'm like, I don't need to answer this way, but my mom. Yeah. I mean, literally my mom is definitely who's inspired me. Um, her life story is, is a very traumatic one. And, and her, one of six children, you know, the whole family, she got out. When I was born, she was 15. Um, by the time she was 
19 or 20 she had pulled out of the dysfunction and for my sake, you know, found the Lord and got healthy and did everything she could to do her own healing. And, you know, she went back to school in her 40s and she's an OT and she's just done, overcome so many challenges. Um, way too many for me to list in a, in a minute here. But So my mom is definitely the most inspirational person for me. That's awesome. Actually, when I was a teenager, it was Hermione Granger. Okay. <laughs> Even though I'm technically a Ravenclaw, she was she was definitely a huge inspiration to me as a you know teenage misfit maniac, you know, but with a heart of gold kind of <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for both of you for coming on here and talking about all this stuff. I think it's thank something you. that everybody knows they need, and maybe have a little shame and guilt that they're not doing well. And so I think it's helpful maybe for us as counselors, supposedly who know it all, to like be real (laughs) and talk about what really does work for us and what that's like. And so Mm -hmm. thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you again to Denny and Kate for coming on this podcast to share your wisdom, your time, and your experience with us. What I really appreciated about this time was the mix of personalities as well as the different seasons of life and what that brought to the table. I hope that in listening to this podcast, thoughts were sparked for you about soul care and what that could look like for you or how you can incorporate new pieces of that into your life. If there was something from this podcast that resonated with you, or if you had thoughts or questions, please leave a comment underneath the show notes of this podcast at pauserenewnext.com podcast. In the show notes section, you'll also find the resources talked about in today's podcast. You can find Pause Renew Next on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and go on to iTunes and give us a good rating. Good ratings help new people find this podcast a lot easier. Well, that is all for today's podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN, Pause Renew Next podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus.